This is the Homebrew Game Club, and I am tired. I feel like I just got... Dude, how you been? I haven't seen you in like 10 hours. Oh, I, I've been sleeping. <laughs> You've been sleeping? That's it. You know, I, I do this thing like when I go on a road trip, like I get to where I'm going, and it doesn't matter what time it is, as soon as I get get to where I'm going, like I'm, I'm like jazzed, you know? I'm like, even when you come home? Yeah, even when I come home, it's just like I, I get out of the car and I'm just like, I want to unpack and I, I don't know. I, I can't help myself. So, yeah, I did. I actually did not get to sleep until like two o'clock in the morning. So, oh, wow. No, I yeah, came I'm, home and dumped all my shit in the living room and went up and just flopped on the bed and just, I was done. Yeah, that's great. I wish I could have done that. No, I was, yeah, I was up like goofing around with stuff until two o'clock in the morning. And then, of course, my kids get me up at seven because I got to take them to school. So, sure, yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, okay. So, I'm Nick. Divertov, I'm here with Bart. Connor's not here today. Connor did not go with us on this this uh, journey that we went on this weekend, so he's not here. So, okay, uh, Bart, what did we do this weekend? Uh, we drove seven hours to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to hit up the uh, Midwest Gaming Classic. Yes, in beautiful downtown Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A, uh, I would say it's probably, from what I have understand, it is the second largest retro gaming convention after the Portland retro gaming expo i had only been to like uh the mo game con the missouri game convention which is in here in suburban st louis and i mean it was it's a much smaller show it's like it's more like a regional convention it's you know there's a lot of trade show they do some panels and stuff or at least they did before covid but uh, yeah right this was just this was pretty overwhelming it, t- it took over almost the entire like milwaukee convention center so it's yeah, it was like three floors of stuff should we just like go through and like describe the convention to people who maybe haven't been there? Like, yeah, I guess so. Uh, the thing that surprised me the most was uh, just how many vendors were there. Like, the whole floor was packed. It was amazing. Yeah, the vendor sh- the uh, vendor floor was uh, yeah for like shopping, all kinds of stuff. I would say the prices were pretty high. Like, I was surprised. It just seemed like they were kind of like arbitrarily set high. I don't know. I would see stuff. I go to one booth, and it would have. I mean, just outrageous prices for games. So they'd walk like two booths over and they'd have somebody that was like actually like below market, I think. I don't, I don't know. It was just like all over the place. I don't know what people are using to set their prices anymore. I don't know. It was weird. At the end of the convention when we were looking for Atari stuff, spoiler alert, you bought an Atari. I did. Um, I bought a, yeah, I bought a 7800. I was I was scouring for uh, a few different Atari games because we had talked about Jungle Hunt and I wanted to get Jungle Hunt. We had talked about Burger Time. I wanted to get Burger Time, which I didn't actually end up finding. I bought you a copy of E.T. because everybody that has an Atari needs a copy of E.T. But of course, yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, was looking at some of these games and like there would be a table where they would have all their Atari games wrapped in plastic and be charging $20 for them. And then five feet away, there was a table that just had a laundry basket full of Atari games under the table that were $3 a piece. So yeah. I, I don't know what was going on there. It was really weird. Yeah, 2600 especially. I don't know. I, I feel like it's, uh, the market for that probably peaked a few years ago. I I, I don't think there was a lot for sale. I mean, I, I was look, walking around like looking for just some classic stuff to buy to go with my my brand new 7800. And I mean, it was it was hard to come by. I feel like I just got I home. think people just, it, because it's like, you know, people are selling them for like a dollar a cartridge. It's just like, why would you? Oh, There's one I've more box sleeping. you got to carry to the show. So why would you bother? But <laughs> Right. Yeah, uh, lots of good stuff to buy. I, so I... I had a good time in Milwaukee. We we hung out a lot we, with uh, some home brewers and went to uh, got some sausages, Even when you come got home? some poutine. Oh, 
We even got some good barbecue. I was surprised. That's a, I was very Missourians. surprised. Very surprised at how good the barbecue was. Yeah, it's uh, a as for Missourians to go travel uh, out of state and talk about how great the barbecue is. is that's high praise. So. Yeah. Well, you know uh, what I wasn't surprised at was how good the poutine was because poutine yeah, is man. just uh, amazing. It's an amazing dish. Full stop. And I'm really upset that we can't uh, get a good poutine in this area. Well, it's the cheese curds. You know, that's the thing. You got to have those really fresh cheese curds. They got to be, they just have to be like exactly the right consistency. It's, it's, they got to kind of squeak a little bit when you bite into them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Squeaky cheese. That's what they call it. That should be the name for our new podcast. Squeaky Squeaky cheese. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's just kind of go through, describe the convention. So, we talked about the show floor. And it's not just, it's not just like video games. There were also, I saw a lot of tabletop games. You know, like tabletop RPG kind of stuff. Uh, pinball, lots of pinball, lots of pinball, lots of pinball, lots of LARPing accessories too. Like there were foam swords, <laughs> there were uh, lightsabers, there were laser lightsaber holsters. I saw Harry Potter wand holsters. Lots of people making different like custom die for uh, for like D twenty and you know just really yeah tabletop games. That was pretty cool. Yeah, there was I there wasn't as much cosplay as I I thought there would be, but there was there was a bit of it there. Yeah. Uh they even do it like uh, air hockey, there was like a air hockey tournament, all kinds of stuff. Uh also like artists artists, you got a you got a poster signed by one of the Animaniacs, Animaniacs animators, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a I got a pinky in the brain and I got a just a full-on <laughs> Animaniacs, just the three of them coming out of the the Warner Brothers shield. It was um that's pretty nice. I got got that from my kids. Yeah, lots so. of fun stuff. Yeah, I so also like it's a show. There's panel discussions. We saw the museum room. I think that was the coolest thing that I saw. Uh, was the museum room with all of the uh, the different games that you could play. I I tell you though, it's like walking around. I we had these t shirts. So like at the last minute, I decided we're gonna go there. We're gonna like talk up the podcast. So I got these t shirts printed at the Homebrew Game Club. And we were both walking around with these shirts on. Like, I felt like a walking billboard, but it was just cool because I'd have people be like, oh my God, Homebrew Game Club. You know, like, I I, I listen to your podcast. <laughs> we actually got a few of those. That's great. Yeah, that uh, very surreal, surreal experience. Yeah. Um, but lots of people ask me, like, oh, what the hell is that? That sounds kind of cool. So, you know, speaking of that uh, gaming museum, I walked through there and I, I played a lot of stuff that I had always wanted to get my hands on. Like, this is the first yeah, time right. I'd. Played a Vectrex. Yeah, it was it was really creepy. Um, they are kind of they're like weirdly creepy. Like yeah. that, I don't. I think you played the same game that I did. You're like a star, and you're like jumping on platforms, and you got to climb up ladders. And yep, it had the most horrifying voice samples I've ever heard in a game. Like, yeah, it was like absolutely it was terrifying. Like, oh no! Oh no! Yeah, but I bet it was like it was like grindy. There was this like oh oh my god! It sounded like somebody like being like run through a paper shredder it's awful yeah. somebody needs to make a good horror game for the vectrex i think you um, totally could but no one I, could play it because they're impossible to find that's true <laughs> i also got to play um uh, a turbo graphics 16 which i know you have one but i haven't played yours yet uh, i don't know I if mine is still working i can't i don't no. know if i can get it to work well, i have it but it's yeah figure it's, that out I do. Uh, there was a neo geo there that i uh finally got my hands on I always wanted one of those when i was a kid but they were too damned expensive and then there was just a, a ton. I played Pong. Pong. You did? Uh, see, I missed that. 
Yeah, it was like it was one of the original Atari licensed Pong like units, you know, because it would just they didn't have cartridges or anything. You just plug it into a TV. But Pong was so popular, they were like, I've seen entire like rooms full of the like knockoffs of Pong, but this was like a legit Atari Pong, and they had like an old 1970s TV, and they had the, they had the whole little like the desk was set up with like a, a lantern, like a little lamp from like ni- the 1970s, and like I it was uh, yeah, I was really into it. Yeah, man, that that whole floor was awesome. There was a whole section with nothing but arcade cabinets, uh, and then the other half was a bunch of pinball machines. Like right. Stern was there showing off their new Rush pinball machine and the new Godzilla pinball machine. There was like a couple other companies there. One of them had a Halloween, like John Carpenter's Halloween and Harry Houdini. And who put out that new Guns and Roses pinball? Table? I didn't. I actually only saw that when you were taking the picture of it and I never got a chance to get up to play it because there were so many people playing it. Yeah, that was very popular. Those things are like 10,000 bucks each, dude. I know, like nine, $9,900 for the Halloween one and I was like, holy oh, shit. I don't have a spare 10 grand laying around. That's uh, it's too bad. Or the uh, repro movie cars. Oh yeah, I did see, what was it, Knight Rider and uh, the DeLorean from Back the to DeLorean. the Future. Oh, the Mirthmobile was there from Wayne's World. <laughs> That was really cool. I sent my fo- son a photo of the uh, Jurassic Park Jeep. He was really excited about that. I will say the highlight of the fest for me, gaming-wise, was um, discovering Robotron. You've been talking about oh my that God, yeah, for right. years, and I never was able to play it. And they had a cabinet there. And I think I must have played it for a total of about two hours over the whole weekend. It was... It's addictive, and I love it. And it's Hell yeah, my it favorite is. arcade. It's now my favorite arcade game. I uh, did. Did you say it's your favorite now? I think so. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, me too. I have this like mar- arcade marquee behind me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like over my bookshelf with all my games on it. It's a Robotron arcade marquee. I, it's like to me, it's like the most pure arcade game. I, I just, I could. If I see one of those cabinets, I just walk up to it, and the next thing I know, I've like blown ten bucks. Like I don't, I, I don't even know how it happened. It's just yeah. like ten bucks out of my pocket. But. I think I'm right there with you. That's uh, I've never been so mesmerized by an arcade machine. Like just everything about it to me was just perfection. The audio, the colors, the controls, the gameplay, yeah. the absolute chaos. I love it. It has a weird kind of effect on you. You kind of slip into like this trance. Yeah. You know, when you're playing it and it's just like, it just feels like a pure adrenaline rush. And it's blah, 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 you know? Yep. What, so that's what we played. Uh, what do we do? I saw a lot of uh, panel discussions. Dude, we were on a panel. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, there's a, there's the main stage uh, with, with all the stuff. Um, you know, the YouTube stars, there was a panel with like John Riggs and metal Jesus and those guys. Uh, there was an Atari history panel. Cool, cool things like that. There's also a side stage with, it was the podcast, Hair of the Dogcast. Yeah, they're just running like a side stage and they're just interviewing people like all day long. And uh, we ended up getting on there and uh, and I assume we're going to be on their podcast now, which is kind of wild. I did yeah. not, um, never been on somebody else's podcast, but uh, that was kind of a cool thing. I, I would say their setup is a little different. I'm used to recording in my basement, uh, not a convention hall. So that was that was kind that of fun. That is true. With people watching us while we talk, that was uh, that was different. Yet, yeah, super fun, super fun. Those guys, yeah, those awesome. guys were fun to talk to. the The tagline for their podcast is "Beer and video games, video games and beer," and I like both of those things. So, 
yeah, check them out. I, I assume we're going to be on there. So if we, I'll, I'll post the link when we do. Yeah, cool panels. Got it. I finally got to see Jeremy Parrish on a panel. I'm like a huge Jeremy Parrish stan. I wanted to go up and talk to him, but like I, was, I didn't know what to say. Like, you know, like, oh, hey, I'm a fan. I just, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Thanks. Yeah, End of conversation. Kind of Bye. I can talk to people at these things if I don't know who they are. Like, I had some really good conversations with Immortal John Hancock. He is a YouTuber. I don't think I've ever watched one of his videos. Like, so it doesn't, like, I, it's, it's still hard for me, like, as somebody who used to work on YouTube, to think of, like, YouTube celebrities as, like, real celebrities. I don't know. I guess because, like, you know, we used to be on YouTube, and I, like, that was back when you couldn't make any money at it or anything like that. So it was like, oh, you have a ton of subscribers on YouTube. Who cares? But like now it's like a big deal, yeah. you know, but I, I don't know, but I was talking to the guy. He was really nice, but yeah, it's like going up to Jeremy Parrish. Like there's no way it's like, I don't know what I'd say, uh, yeah, but yeah. Can you imagine if you just walked up to him and just stuck your hand out and went, ah, I don't know. I bet it gets that a lot of these things. Probably. Yeah. Well, we, so we met Warren Davis who programmed Qbert. Yeah. He did a magic trick for you. Yeah, he did. He like <laughs> he did a magic trick for me. And uh, we ended up talking to him about Aerosmith and uh, work because he worked on uh, he's worked on a lot of games. He worked on Revolution X. And <laughs> like, all right, did you get to meet you know Aerosmith for Revolution X? He's like, oh yeah, they were totally cool. We hung out and uh, they, you know, but yeah, uh, magic trick. He was there to promote his memoir. He wrote a book, but uh, I didn't I didn't get his book. I don't I don't have time to read books anymore, man. Tell you what. All I do is play video games and podcasts now. So it's funny. I was upstairs on the third floor playing Qbert for about an hour before I met you downstairs to walk the floor, and he was like the first person we ran into. And I was like, "This is really weird." I was just playing your game. I didn't even know you were here. So yeah, another person we talked to is Jeffrey Wittenhagen from uh, Hagen's Alley Books. He wrote he wrote a book about homebrew. So I've known him. I've known of him for a while. He wrote a book about NES homebrew, but he is actually now the CEO of a a publishing label for switch called premium edition they did a reveal for some of their new titles and one of the the titles that they released for july is actually a 10-in-1 compilation of nes homebrew games that they're publishing to switch i was so excited to hear that yeah so it's i mean stuff like space raft is on there and doodle world and and uh kuba 3 which is a dale coop and his son's game uh, and uh, several other games that I haven't even played yet. Like a few of them I hadn't even heard of, but yeah, it's 10 and one and there's a, like a secret hidden game. So there's technically 11 games. Yeah. They're also breaking those out. They're going to be available a la carte in the eShop, but that's pretty amazing. So yeah, we had a good conversation with like Jordan Davis about what it's like to have your game go from like a little local, kind of like an in joke, you know, which is kind of what space wrapped is and take that. And, and now it's a licensed NES game. You know, so pretty wild. Speaking of Jordan Davis, yeah, we actually spent a lot of time hanging out with Jordan Davis uh, with with Space Raft and uh, and Nathan Tolbert and other guys in the Video Game Sage room. So Video Game Sage website had a, a room reserved where you could just walk in. It was it was pretty far away from the rest of the stuff, which I liked because it was a really nice place to just sit and chill and play some NES homebrew games. So you walk in and. Around the edges of the room, they had set up a bunch of CRTs and, and NES, and Nathan Tolbert was actually there with Anguna on an Atari, so that was in there as well. And Space Raft Arcade, man. Oh, man. Like, yeah, so that that is an arcade port of Space Raft uh, that Jordan Davis did, and, it, and it's actually running on an arcade machine when you walk in. So, 
got to play that as well. Uh, yeah, some other stuff I hadn't played before, like uh, Hera Tyler, the sequel to Heratius Zero. I, I'd never gotten my hands on that before because a card is like a hundred bucks, but uh, got to play that on a Famicom. Yeah, that was very fun. I played that for about twenty minutes, and even some hacks. You got to play. Oh, you got um, got to play uh, Legend of Iowa. I did. It's a yeah. It's a, Explain uh, to me what this game is, Bart. All right. I hate to use the word ripoff, but it is uh, a par- I would a say a parody. It's a hack. It's a hack. Yeah, a hack of Legend of Zelda. Uh, it's Legend of Iowa. Like the very first screen where you're on Legend of Zelda, you would go into the cave and it's, you know, it's dangerous to go alone here. Take this and they give you a wooden sword. On this one, you get a pitchfork. And if you're instead of bombs, it's you Iowa. Get, yeah, you get two liter bottles full of Mentos and Coke uh, and you're going out to fight <laughs> meth heads. It. It's a really pigs and chickens and tornadoes and and butterflies. And it was just, it was just so surreal and odd. I immediately fell in love with it. And when I got home, I went online and bought it and it'll be at my house in three weeks. (laughs) You bought a card off of AliExpress. I I just love that. There's like, you know, somebody made a hack of legend of Zelda about Iowa and it's for sale on a Chinese website. Yeah. Because why not? You know, legend of Iowa. I can't wait. I can't wait to beat it. I can't wait to see what the final, the final boss is. I have no idea what it could possibly be, but uh, I will. We should live stream this. Yeah. Well, I the first boss, back. the first boss was the uh, the Iowa Hawkeye, like the sports team logo, which I it, they just put it over the uh, like whatever the first like dragon boss is in, yeah. in Legend of Zelda. Yeah. I feel like the Lost Woods is just going to be cornfields, endless cornfields, endless cornfields. Well, there I saw a lot of cornfields while you were playing that game. Yeah. So it should be fun. I can't wait. Yeah. We got to play Anguna. We got to play um, Halcyon. Got to play Project Sword. That was a lot of fun. So that's a that's a game that uh, Nathan Tolbert is working on with Jordan, and uh, it's it's got a really fluid kind of mechanic. It, it's like uh, it's like playing kind of like Ninja Gaiden or Shadow of the Ninja, and it's uh, it's just a really it's a nice, fast, smooth running game. And I love that they built. They're working on an entire game out of like that mechanic like the way that that it feels it's got a lot of batman in there it's got you know the wall jumping and stuff like that and uh it's you know me i'm like the mechanics guy i'm that's that that's gonna make a or break a game for me it's like is it does it feel good to play i enjoyed it you and i both played all the way through it uh all the way through the demo uh all the way up to the first boss which was it was really good it it just it like you said it felt great uh yeah project sword i look for it i don't know what it's going to be called when it comes out but man that was fun yeah I, they don't really have a release date for it i don't think yet but they're uh, hoping to get it out i think by like this year next year something yep. so and you mentioned halcyon i played that i i started a new save file and i played it from the beginning i played it for probably 35 40 minutes and got totally hooked on it i like kind of wish i had a couple hours to dedicate to that game i mean granted it's just a demo and there you know there's quite a lot of stuff going on there but i i just don't feel i don't feel like i got to see enough i uh i hope i can uh, get my hands on a copy of that when it comes out because that that game sounded and and felt really fun to play yeah that's one that uh, nathan has been working on for a few years that uh it's uh he's, he's been doing the graphics with franken graphics and it's got a great look to it and it's kind of like a metroidvania it's got a real metroid feel to it uh it's yeah. kind of like a cross between metroid and blaster master so you get you're in that tank but you can jump out of the tank and run around too see i didn't get to the tank you you didn't find the tank 
Yeah, well, I mean, I only played it for a half hour. The first 20 minutes of that half hour was me trying to find any weapon whatsoever. Because you start uh, that game completely that's right, you don't have a weapon. void of weapons, yeah. and you have to find your first weapon, which I thought was just cool as hell. Hmm. Yeah, I got to play some other homebrew. I got to check out Vectrex homebrew. So, that see, that's a cool thing. One of the things I like doing about this podcast is wandering into these other communities that I don't have any experience with and, and meeting new people and... So I stopped by two tables that had Vectrex homebrew for sale, and I got to actually mess around with a couple of them on a Vectrex. And um, I had a good conversation with a guy who runs a store, uh, video games then and now, out of I think it's out of suburban Chicago. But yeah, he does like Vectrex repair and stuff like this. And I, I, he said they are, I mean, you know, the thing about Vectrex homebrew is it, it is such a strange console. It, you can't really, you can't really emulate it properly. You know, like there are emulators out there that he said work okay, but it's just not the same thing as playing it on an actual console. But the consoles are becoming more and more rare because it's an actual CRT screen and those have a lifespan. And once they're dead, they're dead. And uh, he said he does a lot of Vectrex repair, but he uh, sold a couple. They've gotten up to like $450 is what he was selling them for. So I've heard him go for like 500 or more, but... Very cool console, and it's one that I honestly would kind of like to have someday, but I I can't really justify it. But I don't know. One of these days, I'm going to go to one of these cons and come home with a friggin' Vectrex. Probably. Oh boy! <laughs> um, I also met a guy, uh, Carl Forehand from Songbird Productions, and they publish a lot of homebrew for the Atari Lynx and the Jaguar, and that's cool. I uh, his stuff is only cart only for now. It looks like, but they did do a compilation cart for Evercade. It's got 17 Lynx games on it. But I I did get to stop by his booth and we had a good conversation and I got to pick up and play a Lynx for the first time. Those things are huge, dude. Did you see that? No, where was where was it? Uh it was it was across from the uh the Vectrex guys or Pack Rat video games, the okay. the Vectrex uh table. So the Lynx, I'd never seen one in person, I guess. I don't think, maybe I had, but I I just like to pick it up and like play it. Like the thing is just massive, you know, it's just huge. It's like bigger and fatter than a Switch, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, A buddy of mine had one of those in grade school. That that thing was huge. Chunky. Yeah, they're thick. They're, They're like really thick, but... Yeah, like especially relative to the size of the screen. But that's really cool that that there's a, such a big community around that. But yeah, it was it was just cool to meet some uh, people in the homebrew scene, you know, and other other people that I've I've talked to online. But like then you you know you get to see people in person, and it's like it's uh, that's always kind of a trippy experience, you know, folks that you've only ever known online, and you meet them in person. But that was a lot of fun. We met Paul from Infinite NES Lives. We met Total Rad NES. Those guys and um, Mimblers, like Mimblers, is like famous in the NES homebrew community. Like he decoded the NES lockout chip, so that, like NES homebrew would not exist without Mimblers. So it was really cool to say hi to him. So we, we talked about. I bought my uh, seventy eight hundred. Did did you buy anything? Uh, I bought the uh, Game Boy Advance copy of Anguna. That's right. You did buy. Yes. You, so is that that's your first homebrew cart? Right. Uh, yeah. First cart. Yes. First homebrew I ever bought was a. I supported Skeller Boy on on uh, Kickstarter. Oh right, right, right. So I can't. Yeah, but that's that one, but, but that yeah. was digital only. Yeah, right. digital only. So, yeah, first homebrew cart uh, I ever bought, and then I also got um, Legend of Iowa the next day. So now I have two. 
<laughs> technically a, a, a hack. A hack. We we made our distinction in our first episode, but yeah, yeah well. well, that's cool. Yeah, and then I got my seventy eight hundred, and I I got a, I got I got Anguna on the twenty six hundred. So we now have all three copies of that game, like physical copies. So Gosh, we should do an episode on that game. Maybe we should do an episode on that game. All, we should do an episode on all three of them. Stay tuned, I guess. Stay tuned, I guess. Yeah, you know, another cool thing I got. So I, I didn't buy a whole lot of stuff, man. I think I'm getting ta- tapped out on my like video game collecting. I, I just, I don't know. I was just walking around there. I think it, part of it is the prices. Like the prices were just all over the place. Like it, it's, I've lost my kind of like, you know, internal reference for like, what is a good deal? Because the prices are just bananas. And so it's like, I have, if I see something that's low relative to another table over, it's like, oh, that's a good deal. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> right. Like it's a good deal for the convention floor, but is it a good deal? Like if I got on eBay, like I don't even know what stuff's going for on eBay anymore. So, but like the, all of the websites that price this stuff, like price charting, they're, they're all wacky now. So I don't know, man, there's just, there's no good resource. I, but yeah, I just, I also, I just, I have like, I have, I have pretty much everything I want. I don't know. I, I, that's like when I got my Genesis up and working, the first thing I did was get an EverDrive. Yeah. Because I did not want to go into a thing where I, I just like, I went into that like downward spiral where I just start like buying every Genesis game I can get my hands on. You know, I didn't want to do that like I did for the NES. So yeah, that was the first thing I bought was a EverDrive and it, it was, it, it, uh, it worked. You know, I didn't, I, I have not bought anything. I tell you what I did buy. Uh, I bought a copy of, uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego, which is one of my, I have a weird affection for that game, but I found a, a, a Genesis box copy. And so this is a convention pro tip. Okay. Now that I've been to my first major convention, I, I have pro tips for everybody. I got a, buy a cheap Genesis cart and then keep your, your stickers because you get all kinds of like stickers and, you know, people give you cards and little informational sheets and stuff like that. And then you could just stick them inside the, the uh, Genesis, the, like the case, you know, because I, you can find a cheap ass Genesis case and just put them in the the front cover there, and uh, you can keep all that stuff in your backpack or whatever without getting everything bent. So that's what I did. I got home and I opened this this freaking uh, cartridge um, case, and like thirty stickers fall out. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, I did buy. I got my Atari seventy eight hundred. So this is this is going to be cool getting to learn this thing. Have you hooked it up so yet? I, I have not set it up yet. It's it's sitting on my table right now. I'm going to do that this afternoon. But it's uh it it I it looks like it's in really good condition. I stopped by um and talked to Immortal John Hancock, the YouTuber, and he he said this is like one of his like he loves this console. And he says it's like one of his top 3 like recommended, you know, consoles to get. He said the the one that I got is in really good condition and I apparently paid paid a pretty good price for it. So sweet. Um but yeah, I got, you know, we picked up some, like, we got Robotron and stuff. I tell you the Robotron, so I'm looking at this thing and you have these two 7,800, these two joysticks, right? And it's, apparently this is the only 8-bit port of Robotron that was ever officially released. So I'm really excited to play it, but I'm like, I, I'm going to have to get some kind of a, um, I'm assuming something exists where like you can put the controllers into some kind of like holder because 
you know, otherwise, like, I don't have any leverage on these things. So I'm, I'm like, yeah, that'd be tough. Yeah. I'm like trying to use them separately to do the twin stick stuff. And like, they're not, they're not secured to anything. So they're just like flopping around. That's not going to work. So I'm sure somebody out there has built a 3D printable. Uh, yeah. There's got to be something like that. Or, you know, maybe there was an official one released back in the day or, or something. But uh, I, I don't know. See, here's the thing I don't know anything about this console. I don't know anything about this console. So I had just started learning about the 2600 and now I went and bought a 7800, which is like a whole different thing, but kind of not, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, I, like, I didn't even know you could run 2600 games on a 7800. And apparently maybe you can use like a Genesis controller with the thing. I don't know. It's a, the, the whole thing is just wild, but this is a whole new like homebrew scene that has that has now opened up to me. From what I understand, there's a very active homebrew scene for Atari twenty. Uh, not only well, twenty six hundred games, but also for the the uh, seventy eight hundred. So, yeah, this is this is a whole bunch of uh, new games that we can uh, start to look at for the podcast part. Well, that's that's great because I when I, once uh, you bought that seventy eight hundred, something clicked in my brain, and I started going to look for twenty six hundred games and seventy eight hundred games and you know that that thrill of the hunt thing is no joke. <laughs> oh man, um, I'm telling you what, it's yeah, it's it's that yeah. dopamine rush. You got to be careful because that's yep. that's the game. That is the game. Like you know, trying to find the deal and stuff like that. And I yeah, I think uh, yeah. I mean, the twenty six hundred stuff is the prices have come down on that, and um, I mean, there's still still deals to be had out there for that kind of stuff. And after seeing uh, looking up a, a little bit of gameplay uh, of Atari seventy eight hundred games, I um. I kind of want one because <laughs> well, you know, yeah, yeah. In my head, Atari equals twenty six hundred. I was never familiar with the uh, the seventy eight hundred or the what is it fifty two hundred. Um, yeah, the, right. It just uh, I don't know. I was very uh, pleasantly surprised with the graphics on the seventy eight hundred. So uh, I may have to um, see what's what with that. Yeah, it's got a lot of pretty good arcade ports. It came out in this this like kind of dead zone where the market for video games crashed in nineteen eighty three. Which is around the time they buried all those ET carts out in the desert, you know? But mm-hmm. it came out, like, right in the middle of that. So, like, nobody was interested in, in video games. So, Atari, like, sat on it for a few years. And then and then the next thing you know, like, Nintendo came out with the NES. And the they had a real opportunity either. I, I think they are to, like, really take off with 8-bit games. But they, they missed it. They missed the window. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk more about that in the future, I'm sure. We'll have some episodes using that thing. But yeah, man, you got to come over and you got to play around with some of this crap. So, yeah, once uh, you get it up and running, let me know and I'll I'll swing by. Totally. That'll be great. Yeah. So that's, I guess, our kind of recap. I, I hope it didn't sound too much like we were reading off a list. I honestly like could not keep track of, of all the stuff we were doing. It was a very, uh, very hectic weekend. So I do want to reiterate how good the food was. Excellent uh, sausages and poutine. I, I want to go back to that. Oh, and you got your beer, dude. How was your wife happy that you got your? Uh, oh yeah. How do super, how do you say it? Happy. It's it's the spotted cow. What's the name of the yes. brewery? New um, Gal- Galaris or something? Sure, sure. I have yeah. no idea. Well, you can only buy this stuff in Wisconsin, and so you got a case, right? I did. She said. I she did. said, "Don't come home unless you can get some of this beer for me." So. Yes. <laughs> so I, I got a case and I was able to come home. Great. And then she was like, "Why'd you get me a whole case?" I was like, "Ah." <laughs> It's not like you're not going to drink it. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. 
Don't get home unless you get me some of that beer. Why'd you get me a case? Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Because I wanted to come home. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, so I guess that's it for our recap here. We are still working on our space raft episode. We it's been a, a month now since we announced that game. We picked that game because it would be short and easy. And we it's been a month now and we still haven't recorded the episode. But you know, here's the thing is that I'm glad we put it off because we got to play the arcade version up in Milwaukee. And like hanging out with Jordan and and getting a, like that whole new perspective on the game. Like this is probably the most research that we've ever done for a single game that we talk about on this podcast. So yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we're going to record that episode here. I think uh, probably by the end of the week or next week. Uh, probably next week. Yeah, so I'm jump we'll, in and play a little more uh, of the um, uh, of the NES version. And then I was just talking to Jordan on our Discord this morning, and he said, "Oh, oh yeah, I forgot. Oh, you guys are ROM of the uh, yeah arcade just, version, so you can play." Through yeah, that, he so. sent it over. I've got it now, so yeah, we can play yeah. the we have the ROM of the arcade version because I, I didn't have time to play through the whole thing, so. And also the the cabinet with the screen is getting a little janky, so we'll get together and talk about that soon. Word. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Do we have anything else to talk about before we uh, wrap it up? I don't think so. Okay. This has been the Homebrew Game Club. Uh, I don't have my outro script in front of me, but you know what? If you're listening, you've probably listened to us before, so you know where to find us. Homebrewgameclub.com. You can get links to uh, back episodes of the show. You can get a link to our Discord. Our Discord is really uh, the place to be, folks. It's uh, we, we put up a new channel for every game, and, uh, and so we just invite people to jump on there and play along with us. You can find a link to that at homebrewgameclub.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HBGameClub. You can find me, Nick, on Twitter or Instagram at Divertov. That's D-V-E-R-T-O-V. Bart is on Instagram at clever username needed, and Connor Nash, our third host who is not here today, is on Twitter at C-O-N-O-R-N-A-S-H. And uh, yeah, our next game is Space Raft. So if you are just joining us for the first time, please check out that episode. I think it's going to be really good. And go play the game. Go play the game because it's a lot of fun. So, all right, Bart, talk to you then. Yeah, talk to you then. Have a good one, folks. Great.